All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Making It. Wait, who's that? Podcast. So, so official. The podcast <laughs> where we talk about making stuff and the ethics behind it and the learning and the growing and the ever-expanding. Welcome, guys. All right. Welcome. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> I took the reins today. I just improv that whole beginning. <laughs> Very good. How, how you guys doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm like on again, off again with my voice. I was sick last week, but I'm getting better now. And the trailer is gone. Guy came yesterday gone. with a big giant truck and towed it away. Nice. I hope he's not pulling an empty box <laughs> into Louisville. <laughs> Bob, listen for the scrapes. Okay. <laughs> no, he drove away yesterday and boy, what a relief. I, I mean, were, like you, just, were you comfortable with it? Like you feel good about it? Yeah. Well, How you know, it it's just it's just a little bit of the unknown. You know, now now I'm that much smarter. That's the whole thing has been nervousness about the unknown and making sure I, I shored the frame up correctly and making sure the wheels and the axle and everything. And, you know, I think we're overweight, but I told the team that and they're like, we can figure that out. We have a, a trailer guru here that's going to look at it and inspect it and make sure that, you know, the one we chose to use is going to withstand what we did to it. And <laughs> it's too late make, now. <laughs> No, no, no. Well, he could make any uh, axle changes. This is really the big gotcha. problem because it would need it. It needs an axle with brakes. That's my, that's my uh, humble opinion. And that was, uh, you know, that was it. So, but it's gone now, and it's exciting that I have that big empty space in the shop. And I started, as far as my truck collection goes, about a year ago. I, I had this little silver step side. I, it's been in a couple of little videos, especially Instagram. I turned it in for a new transmission a few months ago, and it's ready. It's been sitting in the guy's lot who's a few miles away. He's like, when it, just take it whenever you feel like it. You can leave it there. So today or tomorrow, I'm probably going to go get that truck because now I have an empty space in my life that I need to fill <laughs> to feel complete. No, So I'm going to go get that truck and bring it into the shop and change the windshield and the dashboard and you know, do a little bit of video content on that. And uh, that's going to be one of my next fix-em-uppers. And uh, I got that. And then also my other flatbed truck that I'm going to work on. So I got those two projects in the shoot that uh, I've been chomping at the bit to make space for. So I'm curious about that. You have so many vehicles now and it's becoming a thing, mm-hmm. you know, that you're going to do more and more of. Um, do you have a place or have you thought about getting a, an actual lift, like a car lift to be able to work on this stuff? Uh, you know, I, I, I've considered it, but they're so... They make these lifts now, and then I'm going to get a million emails. But they make these lifts now that are, that are not quite as permanent as you know. I don't really feel like attaching anything to the floor, or yeah. I like having a big free open space. If anything, I would probably use it outside in the summertime over at the other shop, where there's a big cement floor outside. I could mount it to the floor. Hmm. So I got you know I got two huge new tools last week. I didn't say anything or do any Instagram on it, so. I'm developing this concept where I'm going to have this outside shop that processes heavier metal. So I got two new tools last week that in my shop down the block that I rent outside to the left of the shop, there's a big awning that you could park two or three trucks under. So that's a big outdoor workspace with this concrete floor. And I, I've just been collecting garbage under it. I haven't really done much with it. But when weather breaks, we're going to open that up and put in some heavy equipment and I could potentially put a lift in that area. I had, I got a bending brake, uh, bought from my friend Jason. It's a bending brake that 
it's eight feet long. Uh, you could put a piece of, say, eighth inch steel in it, up to eight feet long, and bend it. So we could put like a right angle on it. It's a bending brake, but it's a power bending brake mm. because it's bending heavy, heavy metals. It's, a, it's a, a box brake, which means it's got fingers, so you could make boxes on it. Anyway, it's a really cool tool, and I have a couple of projects in mind for it. I got it really cheap, considering the, the cost of these machines are usually pretty high. And it's I got it so me and Taylor could experiment with making furniture, with like flat bent steel. That's the real main reason, but also just to have fabrication tools. I like these. Uh, I'm going to get more into these heavier pieces of equipment. Goals, 22 goals. Mm. More so tools. There, there might end up being in that, in that area, might end up having a, a, a car lift. But nice. go ahead, Bob. I was just saying, like, one of your goals for 2022 is to get more tools. No, <laughs> just like last year. For real. <laughs> and the year before. For real. For real. Cool. David, what have you been up to? I just finished one of those projects that's going to make my life a lot easier. So you can't see it, but to the right of me, I built this big cabinet to hold all of my synthesizers and drum machines and effects pedals. And it's got, it's basically uh, an open cabinet and it's got four, uh, they're not drawers, they're just shelves that are on drawer slides that pull out. And so the top layer is all my guitar pedals. And then the next three are synthesizers and drum machines. And then there's like a built-in shelf that has some bigger effects units. And then the bottom has some, some tape decks and tape players. And it's got a patch bay built into it up top. So there's no... There's no more wires. Everything, so my audio interface for my computer has eight in and eight out. That goes to the patch bay. All of the guitar effects pedals are plugged into the patch bay. So I, f I feel like the uh, the 1930s telephone operator patching in uh, all my sounds. So Susan, connect me to the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is... It's one of those projects that I had to do. I just didn't have room for all the stuff that I had, and this really organizes it and gets everything out of the way. Plus, in a few months, I'm going to lose my music room, our music room, uh, because we're expanding the bedroom, and we're gonna. I'm just gonna lose the dedicated music room. It doesn't get used all that much, so I gotta, I gotta figure out what to do with some of the stuff. So my office in here is going to become my music room. I'll probably have to get rid of the the futon that Wally always sleeps on behind me for, for the drum set. But yeah, it is like, it's so simple, but I'm like, why didn't I build this like two years ago? This is going to make my life so much easier. So it's one of those projects that I'm really excited about. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's funny how like cabinetry, like you said, is a simple thing, but rebuilding basically the same cabinet over and over and over just makes every room a little bit more organized, a little bit yeah. easier to put things away. And, yeah. 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 So in the video, I, I, I get it all together. The video is actually not about the synth cabinet. The video is about uh, measuring and planning and sketching out on paper and problem solving and figuring out how many sheets of plywood that you need. That's like the main part of the video. And then the, the actual build is only like a minute long. Like I, I thought I would kind of flipped the script in this video. I'm like, let's do all the pre-planning as the meat of this video. Mm. And then we'll just breeze past the build part because nobody's going to want to build this. This is very personalized to my needs. And then I make a song at the end and 
it's fun. It's I'm really, really excited about this video. Cool. Is this the one you were talking about where it's the longest video you've ever made? I saw that. Uh, yeah, longest video I've made in, in like a year. I'm actually okay. going to shorten it up just a little bit. I watched it again this morning for like the 12th time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I could, I could pull pull some out here so flow to a video is like so important to me when i go to watch the final edit i can't be interrupted i can't stop the video for any reason i just have to sit in the chair and focus on the video and then if i get bored if i want to doze off like i know like that part has to be changed we got to remove something or it's got to change the cut somehow so flow is very important to me to replicate the experience of everybody else watching you should go do the final watches like on a bus or in a coffee shop or at school, or <laughs> so you know how everybody watches. Like all of YouTube is just wherever they can fit it in. Right, right. Nobody pays attention. Yeah, but that's cool. Right on. Uh, speaking of music stuff, I ran into something interesting that you may need. Maybe everybody else doesn't. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> okay. So I have this amp, which you can't see. It's a Fender Twin Reverb. It's a reissue, so it's not one of the like super old from the '60s. We have the same out. amp. Oh, yeah? I also well, have then, a Fender Twin Reverb reissue. Okay, well, this might help you then. Do, do your pots crackle? No. Oh. Well, mm. <laughs> um, that sounds like, uh, you know, like you're having some health issue, and that's like a nice way to say if your pots crackle. But anyway, <laughs> so the, the potentiometers, the knobs on, on my amp, um, and I'm sure this is the case on a lot of older electronics, the volume ones specifically crackle a lot. And it's always done that. Even like maybe six months after I got it, it started doing that. And I got this amp, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, something like that. And so I started looking up how you would go about, I knew the pots weren't bad. And so I didn't want to have to replace them, unsolder them and re, you know, put new ones in. But I knew there would be a way to like lubricate or clean them. And I found this stuff and I don't know where it is, so I can't even tell you what it's called. But it's like Fader Blaster or something like that. And it's made... It's a lubricant and cleaner for faders and for potentiometers and electronics. Hmm. And uh, so I had to take the entire like amp panel, like where all the electronics are, out of the cabinet, take the control uh, you know, piece, the PCB that has all of the pots to it. I had to get all that out, so I had access to it, uh, which was kind of a pain. But once I got it out, you just spray this stuff it has like one of the straws on it like wd-40 and, and in fact wd-40 may work fine i don't know but you could spray the stuff down onto the pots and then you turn them you know back and forth quite a few times let it sit for a little while and then you spray them again and then you let it dry for like i think it said at least 10 minutes or something you don't want to put it back in wet because it'll it could short something out so i Sprayed all these, uh, did this, and then put it back in, and 100% of the crackle on all of the pots. And there were probably seven or eight pots that had something in them. It's all gone. Hmm. And I don't know if it's a side effect of that or just taking things apart and putting them back together, because often that's the case. But also, there was a, a buzz in one of the two channels of the audio that is now gone completely. So, you know, in case anybody has older electronics... And you're getting some crackle when you turn a knob or have a fader or something. There is some I, stuff that can lubricate that. I, I definitely have some equipment that crackles a lot when I turn the knob. So I need to check that out. I'll have to look yeah. in the show notes for what it's called. Yeah, um, I will find it and put it there. You, you know, you you see that more often now. I remember my my cousins. I have a whole slew of cousins that worked in the elevator business. 
and we used to get this electronics wash from them, which wasn't available to the public, and now it is. You see, I think WD-40 sells a, an electronics wash, which you spray right on electronics, and, and it's meant to clean stuff like that and get rid of stuff like that. When I worked at the recording studio, we, um, not we, but the owner, like all the knobs on everything and all the faders got moved like once a month just to make sure that that contact path was clean and clear. This stuff is called fader lube. All right. <laughs> and Clever. the company name is Kaig? C-A-I-G. I'll put a link to it. I see it. All right. Um, yeah. You know, fader F5. You mentioned WD-40. They have the absolute best red nozzle with a little swivel on top. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So in the in the go-kart world, I use a different lubricant. It's called TriFlow. Um, instead of WD-40, it's a little bit more of a like a high-speed lubricant. And but I take the that red nozzle thing off the WD forty cans and put it on my trifle cans because it is it is so good. Uh, there's an interesting thing that I saw in this can that I've not seen on any other one. Uh, maybe WD forty has it on some of theirs, but the little spray head, you know, like a normal spray can. In fact, the, now that I'm looking at it, the can that I got does not look like the can in this picture. This has like a big plastic overlay. Anyway, the little spray nozzle. When you look down on the can, it actually has a, a low, medium, high thing. So you can turn the head to get a different amount of spray coming out of the can. Oh. Is that a common thing? Like, Jimmy, I feel like you would know whether that was a common <laughs> like lubricant or spray paint thing. 3M cans have always had that for a while for the number 90 spray glue. You could dial the top to, to low, medium, and high. Interesting. And so that's that's been a common thing for a while. But now that they're applying it to like electronic wash and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. And I put it all the way in low just because I didn't know, you know, I didn't want to blast the whole thing. And quite a bit of it still came out. So uh -huh. it may have just been marketing. <laughs> like maybe it didn't actually change what comes out. I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting though. Um, so yeah, there's my little aside for electronics people. Hmm. Are you actually um, let's working see. on anything? I have been working on a few things. And we are not putting out a video again this week because uh, we just, yeah, whatever. Beginning of the year, sickness, staying apart, all of the things, everybody's good. But now we're finally getting back to shooting stuff. So uh, we don't have a video coming out this week, but we're working on a few things. I've been working on the rotisserie quite a bit, and that's been interesting. Um, oh, I can hear my puppy upstairs whining. Aw. <clears throat> This is a new thing. She's in the crate because nobody else is home. But What's her name? Her name is Indy. We, yeah, if anybody watches, ever seen Indiana Jones, they named the dog Indiana. So <laughs> anyway, so if you hear her, uh, you know, in the background barking, you can probably hear it because I can hear it a lot. So sorry about that. We have a puppy now. Um, I've been working on a sign. We had this artist that... Uh, I've followed kind of on online for a while, actually reached out to ask me some questions about CNC stuff. And then in the matter of a couple of minutes ended up, um, we're going to make him a sign of one of his pieces of artwork and I'll, I'll share more about it later, but it's pretty awesome. So uh, I'm working on that and that's been kind of interesting because it, it came about all of a sudden it wasn't on the books, but it's a cool opportunity to do something fun with somebody that I really, uh, I like their work. So, 
we're figuring out how to laser and CNC the sign. And even, even that part is a little bit different for us. So we don't usually make signs and we also don't usually do projects that are entirely CNC or laser. But the point of this one is like, Hey, if you wanted to be able to, you know, take on a job, if you want to invest in one of these machines to take on jobs like this and make things commissioned for people or make your own stuff or whatever, but this, let's talk about why you would pick one over the other, uh, Mm. some process you would use with those two machines to get, you know, a piece of art replicated as closely as possible. Because obviously you could carve the entire thing by hand if you had the skill, but it's not going to be exact to the artwork. So the video is about kind of that approach to using digital tools to make something, you know, commission. Um, But I also reached out in that process, I I reached out to Derek, um, Mm. Derek from Malden, because he Mm -hmm. does such a good job at making signs and getting these Mm. amazing finishes on yeah, he's his extremely signs. meticulous with his finishes. Yeah, and so I, I, I've seen him. You know, I've paid attention as he's been posting. He posts on Instagram all the time about what he's working on and how what he's using and stuff. And he's trying all these different things. And I've paid attention to all that, but then I reached out and I was just like, "Man, you've used so many different things. Like, what's the best primer for MDF to get this type of finish? And you know, if if I have this much time, what what should I use?" And <laughs> he responded with just a. A huge list of well, this primer is good for this, and this is good for this, and this is good. For, there's a bunch of options. It was very, very helpful. Um, a lot of it is stuff that I couldn't get in time or wouldn't have time to, you know, let put on multiple coats and let them dry for 24 hours and stuff like that. So I'm learning a lot about that finishing um, through him and through just other research. But right now we're in the process of trying to pick the best path forward you know, in a, in a limited amount of time uh, to get this sign done. So I'm working on that. And then also, I just bought a big compressor. And I had a question for you guys about this. So I bought a, like a 80-gallon compressor um, to put out at the barn. And up until now, I've only had, <clears throat> excuse me, I've only had small like pancake style compressors because I've never run anything other than, you know, like a brad nailer or whatever. I've never needed to. Yeah. And so the longer I've been out there working on the Carmagia, I, I bought like a DA sander. And for anybody that doesn't know, that's like a dual action sander. So it it looks like a orbital sander, but it, it has multiple actions within the same thing. People use them for cars or for finish work, you know, to get paint stripped off, stuff like that. So I bought one of these. It's not very expensive, but it does need a certain level of air capacity to be able to run consistently. And the compressor I had out there was small, big enough to do it, but small enough that, like, you know, you could sand for a couple minutes and you had to wait a couple minutes and sand a couple. And that doesn't really work when you're working on an entire car. Yeah, so, you need a, it's a something bigger. CFM. Yeah. Cubic feet per minute. So I invested in this big compressor to put out there with the the mindset of like, well, this thing will be the backbone of my potential like auto endeavors going forward. Like this will mm. be able to let me sand Your anything fleet. I want. You know, um, I can put, you know, impact g- guns and stuff on it. I can use any tool on a compressor this big. Sure. I can sandblast, paint, whatever. And... So this thing got delivered yesterday, and that was a whole debacle. I don't want to throw any stores under the bus. <laughs> they got to deliver them standing up. 
Yeah, they got to deliver them, stand them up because the motor <laughs> on top the of it, which is gigantic, thing, it's got awkward thing to get off. It's got oil in it, so you can't lay it down because the oil will get all in the you know. So it's also we had a bunch of snow and then rain, and I don't have nice. anything other than a mud driveway to get to the barn. So oh boy, I. I delayed the delivery a few days so that it would dry out a little bit, and then they came early and then didn't listen to my instructions about where to pull in. They never do. <laughs> call me it ahead was, of time. It was so ridiculous. Like, they I don't, always call me. They're like, we're in your driveway. I'm like, you're supposed to. I said, I'm three miles away. You're going to have to wait. Well, they, <laughs> they like missed the drive, and I told them, well, pull in and then stop, and I'll tell you where to go so that you don't get stuck in any mud. And it wasn't that muddy. I mean, it was, it was fine, but... I was like, I can tell you how to back in to the thing. And they didn't listen at all. They just drove right past me and pulled up to the barn and then backed up in the wrong direction and clipped my picnic table that I built, broke the leg oh. off the picnic table with the truck, oh. drug it around a little bit, didn't apologize when they got out oh. of the truck. And so I had an interesting call with their manager yesterday. But anyway, this thing finally <laughs> got delivered. And... Uh, <laughs> they delivered it with a hand truck and the wheels on the hand truck were about four inches. And they're like out in the yard and they're they're trying to drag this hand truck with this five, six hundred pound compressor, maybe more, I don't know, through the dirt with no wheels on this little hand truck thing. Anyway, we got it in there and got it into place. And so, I mean, it's just like setting in place on a pallet. My question is... Do you think, and maybe anybody listening, do you think it would be interesting to make a video about, I bought a compressor, now what? Like, how, how, do, I, how do I get it bolted down, fixed? Because it has to be bolted into the concrete. This thing is, and not, not everyone does, obviously, but this one's big enough that it has to be bolted down on, like, pads so that it won't vibrate itself to pieces. And it's got three-quarter inch. Do what? What brand is it? It's Craftsman. Mm-hmm. Did you get like a um, filtration system for it too to filter out all the water and impurities? That's yeah, that's on the way. Oh wow! Um, but I, awesome. I guess the question is, you know, is this? Do you think it would be interesting enough for somebody to see? Well, if I, if you bought a compressor, what can you do with it? You know, what are the limitations of size, capacity, the CFM? You know, how do you run rigid pipe to certain places and then have flexible past that? You know, where do you put? Um, you know, water evacuation for moisture. Where do you put filtration? Like, is that an interesting thing? Or I want to watch is... this right now. Okay. <laughs> I think that would be a good. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be good, especially since you know you're going to dig into it. And there's a lot of meat there, like you said. Yeah. Attaching pipes around the room, which is something that I've always intended on doing, but I'm too lazy. I never do. Hmm. I just bought another compressor to put in the back of the room, so I don't have to drag the hose over there. So I have one in each corner. So That's my way. I started looking into it because I'm trying to figure building. out the best way to do it so that it's really flexible for whatever I do in the future. Because, I mean, I was yeah. telling somebody yesterday, I, I'm working on the Carmen Ghia, but I have a Vespa that I would like to, again, strip down completely, restore. Mm-hmm. I've got an old Harley that I would like to build up from a pile of parts. I want to do another car someday in the future. So, like, this is a... I'm, I'm investing in a auto shop, kind of. Yeah. Long, way long term, you know. A compressor is definitely the heart of that. Yeah, I think so. So I'm trying to get it set up, get the infrastructure correct... So I'm doing a lot of research, and even just the which pipe to use is a whole thing. Like, 
a lot of people used to use PVC, and then there's all these reasons why you shouldn't use PVC. You know, guys use um, PEX, I think, sometimes. Yeah, PEX is a, a popular one right now um, because it's you know it's moisture resistant is like the big thing, and it has the pressure rating that you need mostly. But I think Eastwood sells a lot of uh, that type of stuff. Those mm-hmm, kits. Mm-hmm. I found a really cool. Uh, kit uh setup kit that has it's an aluminum and plastic bonded pipe and so it has a really thin aluminum wall that you can bend and it will hold a bend up to six or eight inches i think of radius um but it's a combination of aluminum and pex kind of and so it 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 won't corrode with the moisture in the lines and eventually burst because that's the big problem with the the moisture in the line anyway so i found this system that i think it seems pretty like down the middle uh, cost and the right material and easy to install and flexible enough that you can kind of put it wherever you want. So anyway, I I guess this all happened yesterday. So I'm just trying to decide whether that's worth just doing and getting it done or trying to make a video about setting. I think that would be a good video installing that, especially when you start thinking about a video, you think to yourself, oh, that might be, there's not enough meat there. Yeah, and then when you're like, you know what? Let me see if I can stretch the meat out and get some good content. You start realizing you could buy some interesting couplings. You could talk about even Taylor last night. She said, "I'm buying a. We have a hose on one of our compressors that jumps from the compressor to the reel. There's mm-hmm. a reel on the wall, so you could pull a big hose out. And that little short hose has a got a puncture in it. I think it got run over by another machine. That's how it got punctured. And the hose is about eight feet long." And she's like, I want to buy a new hose to go from the machine to the reel. But what is the coupling? I was like, I don't know what to call it. I don't know what you say. There's two to choose from. There's like five to choose from, but like three of them all work together. And then the other one is kind of completely on its own. I said, I don't know what it is. I said, just look at the one that's on it. And then when you go to buy one on Amazon, just make sure the picture looks the same. (laughs) It's most likely it'll work. Because I don't know what those numbers are. Lately, you'll notice like they've done these these type of couplings that have green, yellow, and red on them, little bands, which means it takes each one of those mm-hmm. different. But there is the one that's kind of an outlier. It's kind of like fat, like a pinky, and it's got like a stubby little connector on it. Those are more like you usually see those. I happen to notice them more at like gas stations and stuff. So maybe that's like the pro. I don't know. Interesting. Carrier. I noticed the color thing on um, on. Uh, 220 receptacles recently. I'd never seen this before. I had to buy a couple new receptacles for uh, some new tools. And they have, um, you know, those types of plugs for 220, 240, whatever, they have different numbers on them. And they're like, I can't even think of them off the top of my head, but it's like L630 or L whatever, 30 or 20 or whatever. Yeah, the, uh, the electrical system listing. Yeah. And so you have to like flip them over and look at which number to make sure you have the right size pins and the right size opening and whatever. But now they have rings around on the front of the receptacle around the center. And so a blue ring is this one and a yellow ring is this one. I never noticed that. That's yeah, funny. I, I'd never seen it before a few days ago when I went to get one. And I don't know that every brand does that, but this one particular brand at Home Depot just had different color rings. And so you could just match up, you know, this plug with that. That means 20 amp. And so like... You're good with the color, so it's pretty handy. And when you look at them, I installed one of them, and when you look at them on the wall, I've got uh, re- an older receptacle for the welders, and then right below it, this other one. And just the fact that they have a differentiation on the wall makes it easier. You don't have to, like, 
try to plug in the wrong one and you know it's it's right there so anyway so well, one of the I problems may, uh, that i always have with that type of video is like i could set this up by myself in a few hours or i could shoot a video of it and then it's going to take me three days to do it and yeah it's a little bit more pressure and then a lot of times when i I'll I'll just like oh, I'll just set this up. I don't need to make a video on this. It's kind of outside of what I do. And then I'll I'll come across the research that I'll find like this was game changing. I wish more people knew this. And I'm like I should have made a video. Mm. Yeah, that that thing that you just said is something I want to talk about when we talk about goals for me for this year. Um, but I guess let's go ahead and do that. I've been talking for a while, so when are you guys and the take it away? Show. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because people who don't listen to the after show have never heard that part where I go and the after show, but that's how we start the after show. Anyway, yeah. what are you what are you doing this year, twenty twenty two? Other than buying more tools, Jimmy, uh, let's <laughs> what are your goals? See. Um, well, this year, I definitely I have I'm definitely anti car minded. I'm thinking about more cars this year. Uh, I definitely want to get more cars. There's a couple. It's funny because my whole life I've wanted to collect cars and I've never had the money or the space. And now I have both. I have a little bit more money and I have a lot more space. So my, just like when I was a little kid and I would have collected matchbox cars, now I have the ability to collect full-size cars. <laughs> now, as I'm thinking about the, you know, some of the cars I want to get, I want to get good quality cars. I also want to get interesting cars, things that I find interesting. Things that would make good content. And so I have a couple of interesting cars in mind. For for instance, now I, I talked about this on Fitzall, which hasn't published yet. That's my other podcast with Andrew and Eric. But I have an opportunity to buy back an antique car that I bought when I was 30. Ooh. And that's an opportunity I have. Um, I just haven't followed up with it because he's a family friend. In 2004, I sold my 1976 Eldorado convertible that I bought. That was like my dream car that I bought when I turned 30. I bought it with 1,200 miles on it from new. It was a brand new car that I bought in 97. So it was 20 years old, 21 years old when I bought it. And it was a guy, this guy bought a fleet of cars wealthy builder guy who liked that car and when they announced they weren't going to make that car in a convertible anymore he bought like 12 or 15 of them and he had he had these in his this guy was very wealthy in connecticut i found the car through hemmings i went and i bought it i paid twenty thousand dollars for it it had 1200 miles on it and i drove it from 97 to 2004 i put six thousand miles on it so by the time I sold it, it had about 7,000 miles roughly from new. That was it. Never, ever restored. Brand new. Still smelled new. And I sold it to my friend Peter, who is a Hong Kong businessman. And uh, recently, we've been chatting. My brother and him talk every day because they have business together. But my brother called me the other day and said, Peter says he wants you to buy his car back. He wants you to buy your car back because he doesn't use it anymore. <laughs> and so I sold it to Peter in 2004, and I used part of that money to buy this house. So there is a slight chance that in 2022, I'm going to get my old car back, which should be interesting. It's a 76 Eldorado convertible, red with white interior and black hubcaps. So that would be fun if that happens. And uh, I got my eye on a Mercedes convertible, an old one, like a 30-year-old Mercedes convertible. I have a question about cars. 
Yeah. Do you, and I've joked about this in the past about the field being the place where you store all your trucks, but like as you get cars that you are more attached to, like that Mm -hmm. one, I mean, you you got history with that. And that car, regardless of what shape it's in, would probably mean more to you. Where are you going to keep it? Like, do you have a place that you can protect things like that? Uh, Yeah, well, I when I inherited Aaron's space, Aaron's space is big enough to put two cars in. It's a little messy right now, but uh, Aaron's space I can put cars in. I can put cars in my big my black barn, but I don't want to load up all that space with cars. So, yeah. besides the convertible Cadillac, which is must be garage kept, and the uh, and the hearse, which I might put up for sale, those are the only two cars that really would need to be consistently garaged. Hmm. You know, for the collective value. So. Any other thing I would buy would be an outdoor car. But I have plenty of space, you know, between the racetrack and the shop down the block. But like I said, I'm going to try and only buy quality cars. I don't want to buy too many clinkers. Occasionally I see cars and I'm like, oh, that would be cool. And I'm like, you know what? That's not the type of car I'd get to fast enough. Nah, I'll pass on it. So I'm being more selective. So that's one thing. Um, Cars is something I want to get into. I want to figure out more CNC machine things that I could sell. You know, uh, definitely goals is starting a new company with my business partner. We started the company that we'll be selling through to Walmart, but we might already combine that with another company, that another startup group of guys. I kind of intimated this a little bit. So that is, that's a goal in 2022 is to start this company, this Walmarty thing that's going on, which is going to be fun and exciting. And, uh, you know, we went through all the hard work. It's funny when, me and Howard, my business partners, who Howard is, we went through all these hurdles to get involved with a company like Walmart, which onboarding is unbelievably complicated. And now that we've onboarded and we're in the system, now we know what onboarding is like for any other type of major retailer. And we know that it's not it's not impossible. You know, I built a trailer this year, which I thought was going to be easy but I realized how complicated it could be, but I've gone through the process. Now I've, I've made it through to the other side and I know where I made mistakes. You know, same thing with the, the Walmart stuff. So going into 2022, things that seemed uh, huge of experiencing it. So it just, it kind of, it, uh, I say it all the time, it just gives you the experience to be able to tackle something as big or bigger with confidence. Hmm. And that's, you know, so going into 2022, I don't want to overextend myself, but like I said, this business venture is going to be fun. And uh, last night we had a little group chat about a, a new concept for company, which was really exciting. Right away, you get brainstormy and you start coming up with really fun ideas. So um, we got a, a several new ideas. If, if this first batch works at Walmart, we have several other ideas in the shoot ready to go. And... Uh, I'm really excited about selling the razor blade. The razor blade's been selling really well. And when you look at the razor blade, it's just a piece of metal. It's in an interesting shape. I want to come up with more interesting shape, one single pieces of metal. So that's my criteria for hmm. coming up with interesting. You muted again. What? Are you muting like with your feet or something? How are you <laughs> doing that? I guess you know what it is? It's my jacket is hitting the keyboard. <laughs> Uh, that handy old jacket mute button. Mm. 
Yeah, my jacket is like bunched up hitting the space bar. But I was going to say just more more pieces of interesting shape, pieces of metal. You know, the ultimate product is one piece of material that doesn't have any moving parts. <laughs> yeah, you could sell that. That is yeah. the perfect series of placed atoms. Hint, hint. Shout out to Jocko. <laughs> so nice. uh, that's the idea. And um, I don't know. I don't know. 2022 is exciting because, like I said, we've been through so much. All of us have been through so much in the last 10 years, eight, nine years. It's crazy that so much time has elapsed. And it's exciting to know that we have this big library now behind me. And the library now is garnishing more and more money, which is great because you have a library of videos. And like I said last week, that library is is parked for the moment on YouTube, but it's slowly starting to find its way into other publishing venues. And every time these other venues publish your video, you get a little bit more money on them. So it's like the catalog is, is starting to flourish and is starting to... Uh, you know, bear fruit, which is great. I'm starting to see these 10-year anniversary videos on YouTube. Like, if you have been able to make YouTube videos for 10 years, that's bonkers. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, Red and Link just said yeah. one the other day. I'm like, they've been on, they've been doing their show for 10 years, every almost every day. It's that's crazy. Every single day, just a little shout out to Aaron. Every single day, Aaron would eat his turkey sandwich and watch Rhett and Link. <laughs> He's sitting there giggling with his headphones on. Every single day at lunch, he'd watch Rhett and Link and eat his turkey sandwich. Well, That's cool. Yeah. So I don't know. What else is 2022? More CNC projects. Um, I keep saying I'm not going to do the once a week video, but I keep having videos ready once a week. Uh... I don't know. I'd like to try and find someone to manufacture my ice picks in America to do the whole thing. Because last night I spent the entire day making a 100 ice picks, which today I'm going to spend the rest of the day making the other half of the ice pick. Mm. So it would be nice to find a factory in America that could make the ice pick. I keep talking about it. Me, my new business partners might be able to do it. They have a bunch of facilities. So talking to them about doing it. And I don't know. A lot of house goals to finish my porch in 2022. That's another house goal. <laughs> I'm really close. Just the weather is holding. You've got a, you've got almost a year to finish up that last little part. So yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Um, Going to make a really cool set of chairs for the dining room. That's a video for uh, Weaver Leather. That could be that could be a couple of people's videos because it'll be woodwork, leather work. So that's uh, exciting. Me and Taylor talking about that. Collaborating with Taylor a little bit more on some stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Hmm. Just to expand. Just keep expanding. Cool. David, what about you? Keep expanding is the is is the theme. Nothing crazy compared to the previous years, but the the big skill that I want to learn in the spring is uh, spray painting. Uh, I want to, I want to paint, I'm going to paint the Impala. And that is, in, that's, it's the scariest thing I've done as far as like make, making projects or just making in general. I'm so worried that I'm going to get into something that I'm, I'm going to hate or I'm going to screw up. And I don't think I can screw it up. Like it's, you can fix everything. Fine. Yeah. You're meticulous. You're good. And so I, I'm telling myself, you know, like, this isn't going to be the last time you paint the car. So it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect this time. So just, just 
get it to its so it looks great on the road and and have fun with it. So I want to work on the car a little bit. So I've jumped on the on the car bandwagon, um, but I can't do anything with the Impala until it gets warm again. I want to build this. A um, couple things for the inside is I, I I thought about switching the bench seats to the bucket seats. I think I'm going to keep the bench seats, but I'm going to build this uh, console in there. I'm not real concerned about keeping things original. And then there's the there's this little horn emblem, and it looks really cool. It's got a it's got a little impala in there, and then it looks like it's encased in in, in resin. And I kind of want to do something like that, but something super custom. So anybody else who would ever have a Chevy from the mid '60s would look at that and be like, "Where did that come from? What what is this?" I want I want to uh, flip those those triggers and and other people and make them ask questions. So I want to do a little bit of work on the car. The car is a is a long term project. Maybe not as long as like Bob. You said you're going to work on this car for years and years and years um may, my timeline might be a little bit more aggressive but not not much more and i want to expand the website a lot more i want to put more effort into that i think that is one thing if i uh if i build the website out where it is bringing in more income it's less pressure on me to put out banger quote banger videos every every week or every month <laughs> so i want to um you know work on that I, of course every i say it every year but you know i want to make bigger and better videos i want to be more creative i want to work on art stuff i looked at the videos that i made in 2021 and i wasn't impressed like there was definitely some things that i didn't there that i that i love but as a collection i was like i think I need to work on a little bit more creative projects. Like, hmm. I, I, I can do better. I, I, I feel, I, I think every year I can always say I can do better, but I really want to, I really want to do better and bigger. And Is there anything specific there, like, that you, looking back, that you say, like, I wish I had done more of this specifically well, or gone further? Yeah, you know? like, what happens is I want... In my head, I say I want to build. If if I if I build a desk, I don't want it to look like every other desk. I love mid-century modern, but I don't want it to look like a mid-century modern desk. I want to do something that's completely different. But what happens is, I'm like, ah, I need to have a video within the next couple of weeks because I have obligations or whatever, or I don't want to spend two months building something. So then I just go with what I know. And I go with what's yeah. safe, and I do that quite a bit. Like I'm, I'm comfortable in this range, and I stick to this range. So I need to get out of my comfort zone a little bit more, and trust myself, and just like do the weird, crazy thing. And I need to. Um, I think. You know, I don't want to get into views and stuff, but the I think any video can be sold with the right thumbnail and and title and so i need to get better at writing thumbnails and titles because i think i have some really really good videos in my portfolio that people have not seen and i'm like if you just watch like the just just watch the first one minute and you'll be hooked because it's a really good video it's a really good project but nobody watched it so i need to get better at certain things like that it's it yeah. sucks so bad when you're really really excited about a project or a video and it 
it doesn't get the response that you expected because you put so much effort into it and that was your life for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is tough. Um, we've, I mean, we've had a lot of that, you know, I think views, we've been talking a lot about this internally recently, views on YouTube across a lot of creators. Like I went on to social blade and just compared the past couple of years for a bunch of people, but you guys and a bunch of other people that we know, and it's just all gone down. Everybody. Everybody. And I mean, yeah. you know, there's always the outliers. There's the Mark Robers yeah. and the Colin Furs who just like, they're big and they're going to be big. And that's great for them. That's awesome. I don't mean that in like a, oh, you know, those guys. I just mean that there's certain people that are always going to get, continue to grow because they're already huge and they do great stuff and they deserve it. But generally in our community, um, like I, I'm saying generally because it's not everybody, but most people, the just overall view count has declined over the past, maybe since 2019. And I think that has a, more to do with things outside of YouTube than things inside of YouTube personally. And so, yeah, it's like, it, it's, it's frustrating to see, you know, to work really hard or disappointing, not frustrating. It's disappointing to work really hard on something that you think is going to be great. And then it just doesn't get seen. And I think for one of my goals for this coming year is to change how I look at that particular scenario. Mm. Because I think over the last year, I've been looking at that scenario as we have to do something different. We, we're not, somehow we're not getting those eyeballs that we were, the same eyeballs that we were getting before. And I think it's because the eyes aren't there. I think it's not necessarily that we're not doing the same thing. It absolutely could be part of it. But another part of it is that those eyes are not actually looking at YouTube the same way that they did before. Mm-hmm. And so the change in approach and the, the change in feeling that I'm taking to that particular thing in this next year is that, well, I don't necessarily have to be trying to adjust so much as I need to accept the fact that the landscape has changed a little bit. And I need to readjust my expectations of the landscape, not necessarily feel like I have to chase something all of the sudden that I've never really felt compelled to chase before. So, um, but I'm, I'm feeling that same thing, yeah. David, is like we've done a, a few videos in this last year that I was really proud of and I thought they were really good and we're really going to hit. And then they're just like nothing, mm-hmm. you know, comparatively nothing, I, I say comparatively. There's definitely a part of me that enjoys the game, the figuring out the evolution of the platform. And I, I, it's a challenge to me. So if if things aren't I take a lot of pride in being able to make changes in my life. I've switched careers many times. And if this is the thing, making videos right now is the thing that I absolutely love. And if if I see it going south, I love the idea of like, oh, well, I gotta I I gotta try some things. I gotta I gotta experiment and 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 see what's going to work. So I love that part of the game a little bit. Of course, I wanna make sure like I have a career moving forward and I think I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know where YouTube is going to be in five, 10 years, but hopefully I will have things in place. Like it won't matter to me. I'll have, you know, we're write, writing books or we're selling things or we're doing art or whatever it is. I, I've developed new skills that I didn't have five years ago. So I just want to, um, just make sure things are moving in place so no matter what happens i can still keep moving forward yeah for sure um yeah and i agree i think i want to make sure i don't misspeak i agree that you have to like continually improve and 
you know, try, try to adjust what you're doing to some degree as far as like thumbnail and approach and pace and all that stuff has to adjust to the platform. So I'm not saying that I'm not going to be adjusting over the year, but I think uh, I'm taking some of the pressure of the overall decline of views off of myself, mm-hmm. you know, and just saying like, I want to make sure that I'm doing the things that I like first, the things that I think are valuable and profitable first, and then worry about how those things are pushed into the world, you know, so... Um, as far as me, you got anything else? I don't want to cut you off. I mean, I have cut you off twice now, but I don't want to do it again. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <laughs> the goals are weird for me. I don't write down my goals as much as I used to because it's – I already put enough pressure on myself. I think a lot of people who create <laughs> things are always putting pressure on themselves. And, and uh, one of the things that I want to get better at is kind of like what you're saying is just accepting things and – not focusing on things that could be stressful. I mean, analytics could be could be that thing. Uh, trying to create something that's beyond what I've done before uh, that can be stressful. The just the, um, sometimes sketching out and coming up with new ideas can be a, a lot of pressure. And so I want to figure out how to get more creative, but reduce the pressure of getting more creative. Which is another game that I think I'm going to enjoy playing. Yeah, I might have said this in the past, but I, I almost always ignore the analytics. Yeah, more and more more time goes on, the more I ignore the analytics. Like, well, I'll post the video and then I'll get a message from Adam, the guy who does my back back room stuff. He's like, "Hey, this video's killing it," and I'm like, "Oh, cool, that's great." And I won't even go and look. <laughs> I won't even go and look because that's just gonna it's gonna make me crazy because it'd be like oh this didn't get as much as that you know or he'll say he sent me a message a couple of weeks ago he's like too bad youtube did that and i was like yeah right and i didn't even know what he meant <laughs> and i didn't go and look and it wasn't until the next day somebody messaged me and said hey you're uh, i think it was a knife video it says oh because i called it a killer knife that was the title of the video so someone said it's age restricted uh-huh. Someone messaged me, and I was like, oh, it must be age-restricted because I put the word killer in the title. But it was age-restricted for like 24 hours before I noticed. So I just uh, – I, 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 I went and checked because it goes to an email that I don't check. So I went to the message, and I said, it says, Do, if you think you could dispute this. So I hit click dispute, and I said, this is the same as 100,000 other knife-building videos. There's no reason why this should be age-restricted. And then I also did change the title to just whatever, big knife or something. And uh, it, the age restricting was lifted, but it, I didn't even notice. It's funny. And then even when even when Adam's like, and "That's a bummer, right?" I was like, "Yeah, that's a bummer." I didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> You're talking about analytics. Um, it can be obviously there's a lot of value in looking at analytics. You can learn a whole lot from it and adjust and stuff. But I have found, just like you, Jimmy, over the the longer I've been doing this, if I spend time a lot of time looking at analytics, it's just me not doing something else. Mm. And Yeah, that- you know you know what it is? I, I've been hearing, I've listened to, uh, I listen to podcasts constantly, but, you know, you hear other YouTubers and they're, they're chasing the changes in the algorithm and, the, you know, they're getting so wrapped up in it. And it's like, are you being creative because that's who you are? Are you being creative because that's who you want to be? You know, so that's the struggle that, that I've, I've, the realization I've come to is I'm just going to do what I know is interesting for me and what's gotten me to where I am now. And changing tastes and stuff like that 
might obviously be a consequence of me being old and a dinosaur. And that's fine because there's always going to be somebody that still wants to watch me making a simple sign or doing something simple this or making a simple that because it's fulfilling to me. You know, I, I would sure there's lots of videos you put up only because like it's like filler, but you know, it might be a client job and it's not the most interesting, but it makes a video not the best video. You know, not every video's going to hit it out of the park, but like I said, I'm just adding building blocks to my library. And that little video could be a clip it somewhere else when, you know, there's a service that puts your videos on on TikTok and I don't have to do much. Like a video that's a 15-minute boring video making a sign can make a killer 30-second video for TikTok. So, you know, I'm not going to overly judge the content that I'm putting out and I'm not going to, certainly not going to chase the dragon the way a lot of people do with, oh, well, I know these type of videos do better, so I'm going to be doing more like that. You know, there's a certain sector, guys, that, that seems to be their main driving force. Yeah. And then they hang they hang a creative this on that. And then they hang a creative build on that trend. And they hang a creative build. I just want to just be the artist that makes fun stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird. But I think there's room for all of that stuff. I agree. It's mm. not me. I'm, I'm not those people as well. But the cool thing about the platform is that there's enough room for all of those things to coexist, mm-hmm. you know, and... And, and there's enough audience for all of it, too. I think that's another thing that people often forget is that we're not necessarily fighting over the same audience. <laughs> you know, there's billions of people watching YouTube. So yeah. there's a, the there's other, a lot. Another really important thing that I got to keep reminding myself that I, and it's not because I'm in some deep spiral depression when I say I keep reminding myself as an artist and the whole world is, sounds cliche, the whole world is open for you to do whatever you want. And these few videos or creations I made didn't garnish a huge audience, but anything could happen at any time. And, you know, like the joke is everything could, what if everything goes right? You know, that's a constant thing that we got to keep reminding ourselves. What if we said that at the right? office like the, the other day that came up <laughs> in, a, in a meeting. Yeah. Yeah, like when the trailer was being pulled out of the driveway and I was inspecting it as we were driving it up the driveway and listening for creaks and cracks, and I was just like, I said, what if it works perfect? Mm. You know, I'm expecting negativity, but what if it works perfect? He left, he's driving to Louisville, he's probably halfway there by now, he hasn't called me to tell me anything. I said, if if anything breaks within 50 miles, call me. If it breaks outside of 50 miles, <laughs> call Ian. That's the guy he works with, <laughs> he's my friend. And he, we laughed. But long story short is that there's always the excitement and anticipation of what's the next big thing. Yes, yes. As an artist, always. You know, going into 2022, you're like, what is the next? What is going to be the next big thing? You know, like March 10th last year, I got an email from Walmart, which was a huge thing. Could be, it could, you know, that could be like generational income, you know, for me. Maybe not, maybe so. But what if everything Mm -hmm. goes right? And, you know, my cats and dogs will be set up for life. My cats and dogs will be set up. Some, somebody Chickens. down the line can fix that hot tub. Yep. <laughs> right. No, this is new hot tub money. This oh, okay. Oh, new hot tub money. There you new go. hot tub mm. money. So, yeah, my hot tub is outside collecting ice and leaves. <laughs> somebody was supposed to take it away in September. And he hasn't come yet. Every time I see him, he's like, I'm going to get that. I promise. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. But, it's the excitement and anticipation of what's the next big thing. You know, that's what that's what the driving force is every morning. You wake up and you go, 
okay, I delivered that job. What's next? Mm. I can do whatever I want today. Oh, you know what I need to do? I need to make ice picks. All right, that's cool. That, that keeps everything moving forward. You know, it's uh, the excitement and anticipation of what's the next big thing. There'll be a lot of little things in between the next big thing, but those, those are what keep you moving in a forward momentum. Mm. What is the next big thing? And to keep your eyes peeled, you could make the next big thing or you could wait for that opportunity by planting seeds of just constantly putting out small videos that lead to you know a Walmart connection. That little dumb video I put out was just to promote my own personal website toolbox and to give away the plans for that. And the next thing you know, like I said, it's, you know, it's another fork in the road, which leads mm-hmm. to more connections, more opportunities, m- more out-of-the-box thinking that I would never be challenged with otherwise. That's, that's one important thing going into 2022 is, is you just want to constantly put yourself in an opportunity so you could MacGyver your way out of it in a good way. Like, go hang out with, like last night, I don't want to say because it's a, it's, a, it's a little inside right now, but my buddy's like, this is a business that's untapped. And like right away, I said, you know what? This is a business that's going in this technological direction because that's what everybody expects. I go, let's take that business and go completely in the opposite direction and do all old versions of all this stuff. And he's like, genius idea. Because, Bob, your four children will see these things that we potentially, this is a whole business concept, which I'll talk about eventually when it turns into something. But it's something your children will see and be like, this is unbelievable. I didn't know that this exists. Hmm. But it's something that's been around for 100 years. But because it's completely old technology, no one's touching it anymore. But if we reintroduce it in a digital world, people are going to be like, oh, my God, what is this? This is so cool. This doesn't need batteries. Oh, wow, this is wild. So, you know, it's kind of it's a little bit in the toy business venue. But long story short, like being challenged with new opportunities and meeting people you otherwise would meet or, you know, driving to a place where you otherwise would have flown. You know, these are the reasons as an artist, these are the ways we we tap into the next big thing. You know. Right on. Is that the title of this episode? The next big thing. Oh, the title is "New Hot Tub Money." <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I haven't I haven't talked about my goals. We're well, going to go long gotta, today. You got to capitalize new, new, new hot tub. <laughs> with air quotes around it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, we're just going to go long today. Well, extra extra long show. You guys don't have any place to be, do you? No. Right here. Nah. Um, <clears throat> so I my goals. My I got nothing to do. I'm trying to figure them out, honestly. Um, and I have I what I, the the big thing I haven't figured out I think is personal goals. So I got business goals, and that's what we can talk about. But last year, I had a few goals. I wanted to actively continue to uh, learn a little bit of Italian every day. I've been doing that. I've been doing that for like uh, almost three years now. And so I'm staying on that, which is really good. One of my goals for this year is to add um, ASL sign language, American Sign Language, to that. I want to learn sign language for no particular reason, but I I just want to learn it. And so I need to put that into my daily thing. My It's got to fit in somewhere. So at the beginning of this last year, I tried to – I wanted to read the Bible. I've never actually read front to back the entire thing as a document, regardless of how you feel about it. It's a pretty compelling piece of literature. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to start reading through that, and it's I've definitely not done that in a year, but I'm making progress. And so every morning, it's 
inching away at that. It's inching away at Italian. And now I want to add in a little bit of ASL. In the evenings, I'm trying to practice piano a little bit every day, and I'm learning these new pieces that I've never really learned before. And so I'm trying to put in that stuff into my personal, like, I just need to be better. I just need to move ahead at some stuff just to make progress. You know, that's kind of what those things are about. So personally, I'm trying. Oh, and another thing is I I wanted to run 1,000 miles last year. And I ran 1,000 miles. I did that. But I need another physical goal for this year. I need another, and I'm not going to just go to like a thousand and ten. <laughs> like I'm not going up. <laughs> that was more 2, than enough. Yeah, no way. That was more than enough. But I need to find a different thing to try to, you know, push myself this year to to stay healthy and all that stuff. But as far as like business stuff or house stuff or whatever, I really want to park our family car, our suburban, in the garage. It's been out of the garage for two years because of life and COVID and we built a gym in the garage so we could work out while we were stuck at home and all this stuff, but we got to be able to get it back. So that's like a goal to actually get that space usable <laughs> again. Um, really from a business standpoint with, I like to make stuff. I think it's inevitable that we're going to hire somebody else because we have too many jobs, too many things that are not being done to the capacity that they could be done. And so I think finding that person and defining exactly what that is is big for us. And part of that means really nailing what the company is, what our goals are, what we stand for, what defines. If if we put something out, what defines that as ours versus something that you two would put out or anybody else? You know, it's like there's got to be something that has some DNA in it. Mm. And I think I've been working in my brain, trying to really define that so that when we go to hire that next person or the next person or whatever, I can give them, like, this is the thing that describes what we do. Like, are you on board for this? Because everything we do has to say this, you know. Um, So I'm trying to define that for myself, and I think that's something that everybody could probably benefit from describing about what they do for a living. Whatever your purpose, intent, whatever, knowing it, I think is the... It's a really big thing. <laughs> so sure. we're trying to figure that out. Um, and then, like I was talking about before, I I want to, I think over the last year or so, because views have dropped a little bit and I've just been, you know, kind of emotionally up and down and stuff for the last year, I think I started putting an unrealistic or un ungood <laughs> constraint <laughs> on on the types of things that make worthwhile videos. I think my bar is in the wrong place. Hmm. And um, Josh said it well the other day, and I can't remember how he said it, but the threshold. He was talking about how, like, he's having trouble figuring out what my threshold is because he'll throw out video ideas, and, like, sometimes I'll just, like, nah, it's not quite right and whatever. And I think I've been adjusting the threshold of what makes an okay video or a, a valuable video or, a you know, up to our standard or whatever. I've been putting that bar, that threshold, in a weird place because I thought I had to overcome view drop-off or something. I don't, re- I don't really know, but I'm trying to readjust that because things like the compressor... A year ago, I would have been like, no, that's like a tool video. Like, nobody needs to see that from me. Somebody else would be more, you know, capable of making a compressor layout system video or whatever. 
but there's no reason I shouldn't do that. It's valuable. It, it, I think it's valuable. Um, I think it is, especially since it's something you're learning. And yeah. I think, you know, that's one of the most important things that we do is we learn in front of everybody else. Yeah. So I'm trying to adjust that threshold for myself um, so that we can offer a broader value proposition to people. You know, not just like up here in this particular area of value. There's value in a lot of different complexity of projects and interests and stuff. So trying to figure out how to broaden that within myself. Um, This year, I'm hoping that our building that we spent a lot of money on last year can actually start to generate money. Josh has been working really hard getting everything set up, the machines set up and the systems set up, and we're building like storage racks for material and we're trying to you know rearrange a little bit to make the most of the space and but I'm really looking forward to the the building itself producing something that can go out into the world and make money so that it's generating its own you know it's paying for itself um because right now the videos are paying for all of the everything pretty much and so I want all of the different parts of our business as they grow and begin to diverge a little bit. I want them to carry their own weight, obviously, like financially. So mm-hmm. this year, and I, that's, I mean, I know this is a long game. Like when you invest in a piece of property, it's a long game to make it worthwhile and to make it, you know, not an expense in the same way that it is right when you buy it. So um, one of my goals this year is just to to get that, to figure out that first thing that we can get out to start to cover the cost of the building. And so we want to launch a product, at least one product this year, um, you know, something that we can manufacture or we can partially manufacture or something. And then we also want to launch another course. Like the Fusion course has been, I think, really helpful for a lot of people. And we're really proud of it. And we're, we're working right now on updating some stuff that's now out of date. And there's not a whole lot out of date, but there's a couple, you know, menus that have changed and stuff in Fusion. So we're trying to update it, keep it relevant, keep it accurate. And then we're also trying to look for, like, what what is the next course? What's another place where we can just consolidate information, mm-hmm. lay it out in the way that I think we're good at laying things out and get it to people so that they can they – can, it's easy to go on the internet and like find everything you need to know about everything, but you have to filter through so much garbage to get down to the useful stuff. And I think one of the big advantages of online courses, and I think one of my strengths personally is taking something complicated and simplifying it so that you can get directly to what you Your want. course changed my direction in, in Fusion. Like it is, it is so good. Awesome. Like, Whatever course that you make, I'm excited for because your fusion one was it was the pacing was great. You covered everything that you would want to know about getting started and diving and making projects. And I was doing things wrong, or I wasn't memorizing the things that I was learning until I watched your course. So you get all the thumbs mm-hmm. up for me. And now, uh, awesome! I mentioned it in a video, and uh, um, I've done fairly okay at uh at, the, at your affiliate program that you have for it oh good yeah i probably owe you a payout from that <laughs> so it's, it's it's been it's so whatever course that you do i am excited about because you know how to do it and cool. i good well it, i mean it's a team effort i don't want to take all the credit for that it's a know? lot I mean, of work like i can't imagine all it the is a lot of work that you have to do for something like that yeah with the fusion course we you know we it was 
written and filmed at the very beginning of COVID. So it was like we were all stuck at home. So Josh was churning out uh, outlines for specific sections, and then I would take them and set up the camera and film, like, ad lib to the outline, and then we would send it off to... I guess I would send that back to him, and then he would shoot the screen capture to match up with what I said. And it was like this big circle. And then that would all go to somebody else to edit and somebody else would do graphics. And it was like a big team, all hands on deck for several weeks to get that done. But, you know, we've seen that that's been really beneficial and we're proud of it as a team. And so I want to, we're trying to figure out what the next thing is that we can take and simplify and like distill I guess that's a good way to put it, is we want to distill stuff down. And so I'm not really sure what that is. People have asked for electronic stuff, you know, Arduino things. Um, and th- that's one of those points where, like, even me saying that out loud, I'm like, yeah, but I don't know that that's quite worth it because there's a lot of resource already. And then earlier on this list, I said that I needed to change that threshold. <laughs> there's probably value there. You know, there's probably something we could do that would be helpful um, to somebody. You know. So those are like the big things I think for me this year that there's a bunch of stuff and I'm not going to bore you with all the, the micro details and everything, but um, those are broadly the big things that I think we have capacity to really like take a step forward in this year, you know, and make something so that the end of this year looks different, like significantly different than the beginning of this year. I think that's, that's exciting stuff. So, and I want the car to be further along. <laughs> drivable? I mean, it's That's just, well, I don't know about drivable, fine. but it's, I, I realized this morning before we started recording that I've had it for almost a year and I, you know, looked at it for a long time and it's like polishing a piece of poop, you know, like you just, <laughs> you can, you can put primer on things for a while and it doesn't actually get any better. And so. It didn't do anything effective for a long time, and then it finally got taken apart. And so now I'm at a point where it it's just a lot of grunt work. It's just a lot of manual labor to get the thing moved ahead to any degree. So yeah. I'm going to try really hard to put in, you know, every couple of weeks at least put in like an afternoon of sanding and bodywork and panel remake and just to get the thing along so that at the end of the year I can look at it and be like, all right, we're now we're at this stage and now we're ready to move on to, now I have to learn about this entire part, you know, and kind of move ahead. So that's a big thing too. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that's, that's me. Um, let me thank our Patreon supporters and then we can recommend some stuff. Big thanks to everybody. Oh, big thanks to everybody at Patreon. But that, that made me think of something that else that I wanted to say. We are currently in the process, I know I've been saying it for a while, of moving the show from one server to another, from one service to mm. another. And the RSS feed, if if you can even hear this, then that means that you're <laughs> getting the new shows. But <laughs> the RSS feed and the files have been jacked up, and they're copying from one place to another, and there's things being redirected. It's going to take a, a few days probably to stabilize, and I'm sorry that you may have to refresh your feed, and you may have to, like, go to the website and get the new feed and put it in your player. I'm sorry. We're working on it. Moving this stuff around is not its not intuitive and it's not very clean. So I'll get that all figured out, Bob, I promise. Okay, yeah. Uh, any any IT Jimmy. questions, just send them to Jimmy at <laughs> IDoITStuff.com. Did you unplug it and plug it back in? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, anyway, so we're working on that. But big thanks to the Patreon uh, people that that support us and have supported us for a very long time. We're we're super grateful uh, for you guys sticking around, uh, especially our top supporters: Odin Leather Goods, Full Steam Designs, Rich at Lowen Design, Blondie Hacks, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations. You can make this too. Chad from Mancrafting Works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, Corey Ward, and I'm gonna pick a uh, David Tanner. Thank you guys. There's a bunch of other people. We're grateful for Just all made of me them. think and they of all. Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner. Um, we're thankful for all of them. And we have a new patron. Now, I'm going to go first recommending because I was going to recommend this channel. And then they became a patron, which is oh. really weird. Like, I was confused when I saw the email come in because I was already thinking about aging wheels. Have we talked about aging wheels? Mm, I don't believe so. Really? I guess I've just heard about him for a long time. So I've watched one video from this channel. Uh, Anthony recommended it. And the guy, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry you're listening because you became a patron, and I'm sorry that I can't not remember your first name at the moment. But I watched one video, and I'm going to put a link to it, and it was very funny, very well-paced. He fixes cars and works on cars, and he also has a woodworking channel, which I haven't watched yet, but it's on my list to watch. And... He's just like a normal guy, but he obviously knows a lot about cars, and he fixes all sorts of cars. And anyway, this video was about him buying a car to make a road trip, because to to be able to do a road trip without any problems, and then all the problems he had with the car on the road trip, and is it's very funny. But he's a patron now, so big thanks to well, welcome him for board. being a patron. I should really just look up his name so I don't sound so terrible, <laughs> um, not knowing his name. But it's a great channel. Uh, I'm I'm digging it so far. And you guys should go check it out. What you got? I did. I did a deep dive this week. So, tell you a little story. Earlier this week or earlier last week, KRS-One put out a new song called "The Beginning," which is I'm a big fan of KRS-One, old school New York hip hop from yeah. the beginning. The name of the song is "The Beginning," which is really good, and uh, it's great because he, he's just he's just such a great great hip-hop artist krs and is gonna rock me you being the genuine oh he's the best and me being a genuine new yorker is it's just robert dunn sorry oh there you go his name's robert. i just uh, you know, know i'm a okay, I'm, I'm a big fan i'm just a big fan of old school hip-hop so i played the video this week while i was working just setting up a cnc machine and so i'm running the cnc machine and uh, his music video ends and I'm not looking at the phone and then all of a sudden I realize I'm listening to this like crazy battle rap and I'm like wow this is so funny what is this is this still KRS-One and I go and look at the phone and the phone had jumped to like another video and it's from 10 years ago and it's this guy do you guys know Blind Fury do you guys know who Blind Fury is this guy is the most incredibly talented artist he, he started out on BET and H, uh, HGTV, no, MTV. <laughs> uh, wow, that's quite a combo. <laughs> yeah, uh, BET and uh, MTV doing battle raps, which was obviously big 10, 12 years ago. He's, he's, in a, he's, a, you know, he's a young adult now, and when you see him in the beginning, he's completely blind. He must be blind from birth. He is the most incredibly talented rap artist that I think I've ever seen. I mean, aside from maybe Eminem. And he can imitate Eminem. 
he imitates he imitates Eminem's style. And in these battle raps, like these guys have to, they diss and make fun of each other right there on the spot. And this guy can't see. So he must have somebody telling him like what this other person looks like because he gets to make, he makes fun of them. You know, they make fun of each other in a jovial, fun way. And they make up rhymes right on the spot in response to what they just said. And I've watched, he's got his own channel now and he's now he's singing country music. He's just a talented singer, musical artist. And he does every Friday night, he does a live, uh, a live stream with his engineer and they take in somebody's track and then he just, he just freestyles hmm. over it. Wow. And I've never heard him, like, for instance, when I was hanging out with Wyclef in 2013, the whole summer I hung out with Wyclef. Every, we went to BET. We met all these famous people together. And I heard him freestyle like 20 times on various interviews and stuff. I heard him repeat himself constantly. He just kept like using same, similar lines and he was just re rehashing lines and rewriting them into other verses. I, if you watch Blind Fury... If you watch him for two hours, he's got that much content. You'll never hear him say the same thing twice. Mm. He's just somebody that, you know, I, I say this all the time. You know, he just has 100 years worth of talent just in his short-lived life. He's probably 35 years old. But go check out Blind Fury. He's putting out contemporary music right now. He's a country music singer now, but he still will freestyle rap. He's just one of these guys that's just endlessly talented when it comes to singing and and making music. He's kind of in like the ICP. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Insane Clown Posse, but he's like, he occasionally he pops up on YouTube videos, like freestyle and at like ICP shows and stuff. But now that I said ICP, I'm going to go on a watch. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> so uh, ICP is from Detroit, which is just, it's a 50 minute drive north of Toledo. So um, you know, a lot of people consider Toledo the the mini Detroit. So they used to play in Toledo quite a bit, and they ha they didn't play at. They had some sort of convention. I guess there was an ICP convention. A ga the okay, gathering. a gathering. Uh, gather. Maybe the like gathering. fifteen years ago, yeah, right. and the it gather. turned into a riot <laughs> where all these fans destroyed <laughs> yes. part of the city. And then I don't think they've been invited back to Toledo since. Um, it's are they still around? They're all, it's old news now, right? They are yeah. still around. No, they still. Yeah, they're still around. They do the gathering oh. out in the woods. I don't know if they've done it during COVID, but <sighs> happens every year out in the woods in Ohio or someplace or Indiana. Jimmy's got pictures from it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you. Oh wait, there's a I'll documentary my, uh, on one of their gatherings, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I've seen that years ago. Anyway, back to recommendations. Have you guys seen Action Box? I watched that video no. you posted. This Holy morning. cow. That guy yeah. knows what he's talking about. So he made a homemade wire EDM machine. Like like <laughs> metal cutting machine. I won't give away the ending of the video uh, of his latest video. Um because it didn't turn out the way he wanted it, but you definitely get a glimpse of his knowledge of how machines work 3d printing uh just general assembly like it's he's his oldest video is six months old so it's it looks like a new channel but it's like homemade cnc mill and it doesn't look like a homemade cnc mill it looks like something that you would purchase and um 
this is it's just an incredible channel he's got a great way of explaining things and i like his yeah they're real simple simple. i think that's why his channel is blowing up is just because his thumbnails work and like and he delivers on on the promise and the and the thumbnail um just absolutely incredible like it feels like i I could make that like i watch him make it and i'm like oh yeah i could do that but still way beyond whatever I could do. Yeah. I mean, I watched that one. I haven't watched any of the other ones yet. He has a plastic homemade plastic injection machine, which is kind of crazy. But in that one, it was very, all I'm going to do is use a soldering iron to put this heated nut in this thing. And like, I'm like, yeah, did you know about that trick by the way? And then he moves ahead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've Um, never seen that. That kind of blew my mind. But he he just like moved through each one of the pieces of it nonchalantly and it was real comfortable and easy to listen to and it moved at a really good pace. But he did skip over the like, and then I'm gonna program the motor <laughs> controller and then just like moved on to the thing. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> like there's a lot of work right there. But but yeah, it's uh to show the components that it takes to make a machine like that, he like moved through it and explained why he used this bearing over this bearing and you know gave cost for all the parts that he used and stuff. It was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, we are running One super hour long. And 23 so minutes. we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, there you go. More for your money. Uh, big thanks for listening. Thank you. And uh, we will be back next week. We'll, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Love you. You, you got to tell them that you love them. I did. I love them.